We have another live show for you guys. We're coming back to New York City because I'm back in town. We put something together for May 15th. We're back at Sesh Comedy. Show starts at 7.30. Doors open at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. We loved Sesh when we were there the last time. I'm pumped to be able to do another show back in New York so soon. So Wednesday, May 15th. For tickets, head to our website at findingmrheight.com slash live. That's findingmrheight.com slash live. You can get your tickets right there. That ticket link will be up as you are hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. He said back, he said, I literally asked you to hang out. Yeah. Uh, I was exactly. like, yep, that, that was the crux of my reasoning. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This was the <laughs> evidence that supported my hypothesis. Thank you yep. so much, scientific method. You've Great. not failed me. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host Rourke on a Sunday for the first time. Yes, our new recording schedule because I'm no longer a free woman. <laughs> Close to. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be beholden to the corporate machine of big law. Fuck the man. In, in one week. Yes, which is very exciting, but so we are easing into our new recording schedule by starting the week before that. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, getting, I'm trying to, you know, embrace my last week, see some friends, do some dinners, but I'm also starting to feel just like a little bit, like I was thinking about tomorrow, for example, I don't have anything to do until the nighttime. And my friends and I are going to watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City tomorrow. Very pumped. However, I'm like getting, it's dumb to say, like, I'm getting tired of pleasure reading and doing jigsaw puzzles, but I really am. No one has sympathy for you. I need to go to work. (laughs) No one has sympathy for you. Um, I know, I know. Except I do because I took four months off last year. Um, Yes. So I I actually, you know this, but for the listeners, I quit my job pre-pandemic with the intention of traveling for three or four months, by, some by myself, some with my boyfriend at the time. I had like a bunch of plans, none of which happened, and I still needed a mental break though, so I still took ultimately four and a half-ish, I think. It was about four and a half months off. Um, so I I get where you're coming from. It it was quite boring. And I couldn't – like there, there actually also wasn't as much stuff at the time either. Like some of that was – legit lockdown in New York City. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I'm definitely able to do stuff. And I do know that I will also be thankful that I'm not having the feeling of wanting a vacation from my vacation Mm -hmm. where I have not been go, 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 even in a traveling way such that I am wanting to come home and take a rest when I need to start work. So it'll all be fine. Um, But yeah, I – can share like it's weird to give updates on like the same person for the whole time. <laughs> but um but there I feel like there was like stuff I wanted to share. So my updates are probably gonna be more about this like thing that I had to use like communication skills about or you yeah. know <laughs> whatever. So um when he and I so something that like came up recently is the classmate and I know I noticed this like pretty early. Mm-hmm. The classmate, not a great texter, right? And you are a fantastic texter. Thank you. I am present um, to a degree where I think if I lost my phone, I would feel like somebody had severed my arm. Mm. Um, I'm actually excited because I'm going to go pick up my law firm given tech on Thursday and I will have a second phone. So I will be like Edward Scissorhands. I'll have like one on each palm. It's going to be great. I've never had a work phone. I've always had my work on my personal phone and I just feel like I would get overwhelmed. But yeah, my, I feel like for me and some, some attorneys absolutely do have their stuff on the same phone. I just feel like for me, God forbid it's ever like subpoenaed or something. I don't want to be giving my personal phone. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. So he and I were like sitting next to each other and I, on not I feel incredibly 
secure in this relationship. I truly like feel great to a point where it's, and we've talked about before, I feel vulnerable sharing when I'm happy in a relationship Mm -hmm. because I'm always, because I wouldn't say that I'm like a walled or like super guarded person, but as we've discussed, I can be avoidant. And I think that often translates into me feeling uncomfy saying I'm happy in something because that can mean that like I'll have egg on my face when it doesn't work out or something. And I have absolutely like never felt better for the amount of time we've spent together. Like I just like feel so great in this. And so that is like, thank you. I'm like admitting it on the pod. It's like very scary. But, um, and so like the texting wasn't causing anxiety. I want that to be clear. Yeah. He's just not a chatty texter. And we were sitting next to each other and like we either both had our phones out or like one of – he pulled his phone out to look something up. I don't know. And he had 53 notifications on like the text – Nightmare. Bubble app. Like the badges or whatever. Absolute nightmare. Kill me. Insanity. Thank you. When I have one, I freak out. However, my email is like, you know, 10,000 plus or whatever. But the text, I was like, oh my god, what? And I mentioned it. I mentioned that I noticed. And he said, yeah, I'm a bad texter. And you're like, oh, honey, I know. Exactly. And <laughs> and he's like, it's not because I don't want to reply. He's like, often I'm trying to think of like the right thing to say. And then I like don't say anything at all. And yeah. And That's then he worse. Goes, That's worse. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he goes – you're a good texter. I know that. And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm glad you perceived that. And and so I said to him, I'd really like you to meet me halfway on that. And he goes, I can do that. Like, I will absolutely do that. And I said, so Thank what you. does that and, look like? Yeah. And so I said back, like, I, I have girlfriends who will narratively text me all day. <laughs> Hi, I am low. Exactly. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> and um, and so I was like, I don't need you to be that. Yeah. Um, and so I will meet you halfway too. But, you know, when I text you, I would like a response when you see it. Yes. It, you don't need to be attached to your phone wondering if Rourke texted you. <laughs> but, you know, if you see it, I, I would like a response. Like, don't wait on that. That feels reasonable. Thank you. I agree. And like completely honored it. I am so grateful and like really trying to notice and be and like notice actively for him. Yeah. Like he'll text me like, here's what I've been doing. Like, how was your day? I'll say like, thank you so much for checking in, you know, like whatever. And then when we were out to dinner a couple days ago, he was like, I just want to make sure that like you're seeing like, I have made it an absolute priority to when I see a text from you to respond. I'm like, I absolutely have noticed. Thank you so much. Like really appreciate. And so, yeah, that was like, yeah, super lovely. Um, And yeah, I'm just like, you know, fighting the good fight. (laughs) Love that. It's not even a fight, but. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Um, It reminds me of, I had a similar conversation, similar but different conversation with aspiring sober vegan when we were dating where he was a medical resident, still is, I assume he hasn't been kicked out of the program. And <laughs> I almost just did a spit take. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and so he would have very long spans of time when he had shifts where he legitimately could not, did not look at his phone. Mm-hmm. Fine. But like then he would be so tired after that shift that he would like go home and crash. Meanwhile, I potentially had sent him like multiple text messages. Not that I expected responses to during his shift, but like then at some point it would be like 24 hours without a response because he had a 12 hour shift and then went to sleep. And so like we had to have a conversation similar to that. That was like, you know, totally understand that you can't be on your phone while you're on the floor of a hospital. Like I get that, but just a, you know, Hi, I'm super tired and I'm going to crash text would be appreciated. And also to be clear, my version of like meeting him halfway is not me not being myself, right? So I know that he's very busy today and so – and yet I have sent him – we talked this morning before he like got into his stuff and then 
I have since sent him like this restaurant I'm like really excited to go to that I like want to go to with him. And then also a photo of like a new game that I purchased that like I think he'll be interested in. And like he'll get back to me when he gets back to me. But like, do I need to narrate every other aspect of my day? No. No. But I'm not like also holding myself back. Like I want to make that clear as well. Yeah, no, and I think that's super important. I did have, speaking of ASV, I did have a minor like screenshot setback via my time hop this morning. Ugh, what did it, what violence did it do to you today? We are in prime ASV time on my time hop. We are in like height of love moments, August and September specifically, was when we were like the most obsessed with each other and like just a lot. And I've thought to myself, and I would take screenshots of cute exchanges to like, you know, go back to and be like, especially when he was on long shifts, it was like very, I think this is actually a good tip for people that are in relationships where maybe you have periods of time where you can't talk to somebody or maybe you're long distance or whatever. One of the ways that I soothed my anxious attachment on my own, one of the ways that I self-soothed was by taking screenshots of lovely exchanges that we had had during periods of time when I couldn't text him or I could, but I knew I wouldn't get a response because he was on a 12-hour shift or whatever it was, and using that to self-soothe, like looking back at exchanges that we had that made me feel really good. That's a great strategy. It worked that's really smart. well. It worked yeah. really well. And that's not to say that you that you shouldn't that you should always be self-soothing and should, you know, just like never ask them for what you need. But these were moments where I I knew that I could not get that from him in that moment, even if he wanted to. He literally couldn't. Right. And so having that to reference back to was really helpful for me. That being said, these screenshots are now in my like Google Photos that is attached to my time hop. And while I could delete them, I actually have actively chosen not to. Mm-hmm. And I I go back and forth on this because like this morning when one of them came up, it was a little bit of like a stab to the heart, like, ooh. Yeah. However, it also reminded me of this like really wonderful feeling that I had and gave me hope that I will feel that for someone else again. That's great. I And I'm – I think that this is a great example of like a case by case situation yes. because I get the I get the impression although we weren't close when you were dating ASV that even though it didn't work out it was a tr- it was a non-toxic relationship definitely and whereas I think some of the things that I would have saved from say PowerPoint I don't think would be healthy for me to save because I think the only lesson from that relationship was like his words did not match his actions in a very concerning way, but yeah. he was very good with his words. Mm. And therefore, like, I, I I think only looking at his words would be a very bad measure. That makes a lot of sense. And I have, I have deleted a lot of photos of the two of us from those mm-hmm. memories because those are less helpful <laughs> in terms of like, I haven't deleted all of them because there are some that I really like. Um, and that are really nice memories for me. And so anyway, all that to say that I um I had started my day that way. Yeah. Um, but this week has been a little bit up and down, I would say. Okay. What's been so, happening? So earlier in the week, um, as we discussed on last week's pod, I ended things with the accountant. But yes. I had a very successful first date with the Aussie and I was, you know, kind of looking forward to what that might lead to and we'd been texting a bit. And then um, I can't remember when we recorded last if we had already been talking again, but I don't think we had after I came back you, from D.C. You hadn't because you were gone and he had friends in town and so you yes. were sort of hoping that it would pick back up once you once everybody involved was kind of yes, more yes. in their schedule rather than – yeah, so everybody listening will probably know this story already, but I but I want to like talk about it a little bit more in depth, but because I've I've posted about it. But so he texted me on Wednesday and the, the days are important for what comes later. He texted me on Wednesday and said like how was your weekend and you know we talked about my trip and his friends in town, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And after we've been talking for a while, he then said, "So when can we hang out again with this like cute little smiley face?" And I said, 
Soon, I hope, I'm free tomorrow or Friday if you are. Uh, this is Wednesday. So this was – I was referring to Thursday and Friday. And yeah. it also should be noted that at that time, I didn't have another free day for like the next six nights. So Oof. a lot of people – this is the smaller part of the story that people quibbled with. But a lot of people have given me the feedback that they would never provide – free time for somebody. This is insane. Uh, Yes. So somebody literally said, this one is legit insane. Somebody literally commented on TikTok, never tell a man when you're free, it makes you seem too available. Like, okay, if I'm never admitting to being free, when are we going to go out? Conceptually, it makes no sense. (laughs) Absolutely no sense. Like, so, and then because, and you too, because we are busy people, we could go back and forth. If I'm never supposed to provide him with the night that I'm free, I am free on – in this case, it was two. But like sometimes I'm free on like one night out of the next eight. In this case, I was free for two nights out of the next eight. Am I supposed to just let him guess and me continue to say, nope, not that one. Nope, not that one. Like that's crazy. Right. Or is he supposed to like fight for your – like is he supposed to make a plan and then uh, – Sorry, I'm struggling so much because I don't – I literally don't understand. Same. So so, I, so, all that to say that I think it is totally fine and I think encouraged for you when somebody essentially asks you out to provide them in advance with the times that you're available so that they don't have to hunt and peck for mutually available times. Yeah, that's not – that's not fun for anyone. That's not productive. It's that's no. a game playing mechanism that we do not encourage. Yes, it's making them chase you. And as we've talked about, we don't want anybody chasing anybody. So yeah. So okay. So that so I said that, and then he didn't reply. Shocking. And, so shocking. And you and I talked about this on later on Wednesday, and then on Thursday, I said to you, I'm like, this has to be a mistake. Like, mm-hmm. There's absolutely no way yes. that this guy. A, followed up with me in a positive manner after our first date saying he wanted to go out again. And then B, asked when we could go out again. And then when I gave him an answer, ghosted me. Also, with like a cute emoji. Like it was was an affectionate exchange. It was. And I replied really quickly, not immediately, but like within like, I don't know, 30 minutes or something. It's not like I left him hanging or something. So like I just knew. I just knew in my gut that he did not mean to leave me on red. That yeah, I knew that he most likely read it, maybe wasn't free on those days, needed a second to like figure out when he was free, got busy, forgot. Yep. I- I've done that before. Even You've with people done it I to really me liked. Many a time. And yes, I assume exactly. you like me. <laughs> yes, I like you a lot, actually, as it turns out. Thank you. Um <laughs> Yeah, I've I've done that before. I've also done it to guys I'm dating. I'm not proud mm-hmm. to say that. I didn't mean to do that. I have done it. And sometimes I don't ever realize that I've done it until they follow up. Yeah. And I it had no bearing on my interest in the person at the time. It wasn't somebody that I had been dating for anything longer than, you know, one, maybe two dates. It's not like it was my boyfriend or something. Like I would go back and text that person. <laughs> yeah. But so I just knew in my gut that like this isn't what happened. This is not a purposeful ignore on his part. I just know that. So at this point now it's Thursday – or sorry, no. Now fast forward to Friday. Still no reply. And so I texted him, I hate to do this to you, but I'm no longer free last night. Love that. It's witty. It's (laughs) keeping things positive, but still sort of mentioning the lack of – well done. Well done. Thank you. So, and that was my goal. My goal was to point out that he had not replied to me while still, while indicating to him that like, I'm willing to forgive this if he apologizes and course corrects. Yep. And he did. And we are now going out on Monday, tomorrow. Love it. Which a lot of other people are like, you're the Monday girl. Furious about very people are fucking furious that we're going out on a Monday, and I'm like, that's the day I was free. I I chose the day. I picked yeah. Monday. Thank God we moved our podcast schedule. Yes, because otherwise we would be to, we would be doing this tomorrow night, and I wouldn't be able to have dinner with him. So like, yeah. or whatever we're gonna do. Um, so he's gonna come to my area. 
So I'm going to pick a place, which we had talked about on our first date because I went to his hood on our first date. And mm-hmm. we talked about doing our second date in my neighborhood and he's never really spent time here and I kind of want to show him some spots. A neighborhood exchange. I love it. A neighborhood exchange. Um, if we don't end up going out, I, I might need to delete my TikTok account. Fair. <laughs> yes. But the, the, the trolls will have been um, satiated with those – with that reality. Yeah. However, and this is something that I think we can get into on another pod and like go more in depth on this of the nuances here. But everybody go check out the video that I posted about investment versus risk tolerance, where I I am not guaranteeing that I'm right about this. Like mm-hmm. nowhere have I said he's definitely not a flake. I know he's a good guy who likes me. I've I've never said that because I don't know him at all. Right. I don't know him at all and he doesn't know me. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know enough yet to know if he's a flake or just a person who screwed up this one time. Yep. But the worst outcome here is that I find out he's a flake probably pretty quickly before I've made any significant investment in him at all. Yeah, there is no shot that he becomes your boyfriend before you learn more. Exactly. Exactly. So I I am very willing to be wrong here. Mm-hmm. I I am fully admitting that there is a not small chance that I'm wrong because I don't know him. He's a, a almost stranger. And if that's true, I will move on with almost nothing lost. Yeah. But the other outcome is that I give someone a chance who had a stressful week and forgot to reply to me one time. And maybe we keep dating and maybe we don't, but like this doesn't turn out to be the reason why not. Totally. Because then if this is a piece or an early indicator of what turns out to be why you don't keep dating, that's fine. Yeah. But it's not – this thing is not the thing. No. Exactly. And I I think that – I understand that there are a lot of places where we have too low of standards and we accept less than we deserve from people and we let behavior slide, et cetera. For me, that relates more to patterns. Mm-hmm. And we don't know yet if this is a pattern. Very true. My, my antenna are up for sure. Right. You are the- certainly not blind to the data. No. And a lot of people also said this is a red flag and they're they're right. But sure. I think yes, this is a red flag in the way that you and I have talked about what a red flag is, is that it's not a deal breaker. It's something that makes you – spidey senses are, are activated. Exactly. Yes. That it, it sounded like to me or it, it read to me in the TikTok comments that people were viewing or conflating rather a red flag with a deal breaker. Yes. And and some people define a red flag as a deal breaker. And if that's the way you define it, fine. Maybe you maybe you would consider this a yellow flag in that case. Semantics, whatever. Yeah. But so so I am like I, I am mentally preparing for the. This possi- is our kangaroo court, and this is how we define these terms. <laughs> Done. So I I am I am mentally preparing for the possibility, the very real possibility that we don't go out tomorrow. That mm-hmm. I. You know, or that he does turn into a flake, and I will be honest about that if that's what happens. But I don't think that that outcome doesn't change how I feel about what has happened thus far. Yeah, something that I so when I lived when I lived in New York, I did therapy there um, in association with various stuff, and then mm-hmm. moved and picked back up therapy many years later. And something that that therapist in New York said to me has always stuck with me. And I reiterate it all the time to people where I was analyzing some a choice that I had made with a guy that ended up going poorly. And now I was trying to guess. Poorly. Pardon? Now you know that it went poorly. You're obviously going to analyze it differently. It, yes. And so now I'm like, should I have done that? Should I have done this? Was he thinking this? Da, 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 da. And she said to me, you, do not, you will never know this man's mind. We can spend the rest of our lives guessing. <laughs> or you can ask yourself this. Did you, with the information you had in that moment, 
live your values? I said, yes, I did. She said, then that is all that matters because then everything that stems from that is fine. Yeah. And I was like, all right, that's really fucking freeing. <laughs> no, that it, it is freeing. Yeah. And so if, and I believe you did live your values here. I did. Then it, it's the right call no matter what happens. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that when you go into making a decision about, okay, do I want to follow up with this person or not? I'm accepting the the very real outcome that he flakes on me eventually. and But yeah. to your point, that eventuality is going to happen before I make a significant investment into him. I will find that out. Absolutely. And, yes. And I also think, not you know, not to belabor this point too much, but I also think it's important to think about your own patterns and your own risk tolerance in the sense of how sensitive are you to that negative outcome? You know, does it does somebody flaking on you or ghosting you induce significant negative feelings or anxiety in you? And if if the answer is yes, high amounts, then you probably have lower risk tolerance than I do mm-hmm. for a situation like this. And that's that's great. Like that's knowing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think in dating there is often value in practicing sitting in a little bit of discomfort. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And being okay with the gray, taking a deep breath. This will play out. And if you wait a little longer, you're going to get a lot more information. Yes. And I think information gathering is what you're trying to do when you're dating somebody in the early stages. You don't know them. Mm -hmm. You can't – You to your ex-therapist's point, you can't be in their head. You can't know what they're thinking. You can't know their motivations behind things. All you can do is gather information about the way that you're perceiving things, the way that they're making you feel, the way that you feel around them, and you're gathering more and more information every day. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I actually ended up saying to him when he responded and apologized and, you know, provided other options, I was like, I just had a feeling you weren't ghosting me. And he said – he said back, he said, I literally asked you to hang out. Yeah. Uh, I was exactly. like, yep, that, that was the crux of my reasoning. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This was the <laughs> evidence that supported my hypothesis. Thank you yep. so much, scientific method. You've Great. not failed me. <laughs> so like he said, he even said, he was like, no, obviously I wasn't. Like I just spaced. Like, yep, yeah, that was that was what I thought. Um, so that that is my update. Hopefully I will be going on my second date with the Aussie tomorrow. I will keep everybody posted. Sure will. Hopefully I, I – I was about to say hopefully I won't end up with egg on my face. But like although some TikTok trolls might try to make me feel that way, I will not actually end up that way because I have – this that eventuality has occurred to me. Yes, exactly. It's not like these people, these commenters have not split open your reality. <laughs> no. Obviously yeah. not. Obviously not. So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less. And part of that is that I'm cooking at home more. But when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really still been loving Factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, and they have so many options too. Every week, their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for. It's so easy. It's no fuss and no mess. It's so great. And I've also been really enjoying their add-ons that they have. So they have breakfast. They have on-the-go lunches if you don't work from home. I've been ordering their snacks recently to have like a little pick-me-up in the afternoon. And I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. And they also are celebrating Earth Day all month. You can look for their Earth Month Eats badge on their menu. And that will be meals that have the lowest carbon footprint. So shout out to Factor for that one. That's pretty cool. So you can head to factormeals.com slash FMH50 and use code FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Um, so with that, mm-hmm. let's get on to the, the actual episode. Let us begin. Um, and first, it is a weirder or not. Yeah. So this week's Weird or Nah was submitted to us um, in our podcast suggestion form, which you can find at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. And it is after a number exchange 
they call you versus text you. Uh, so not okay. Cancel. Hate this. For me, calling, I need to be like emotionally prepared for a call unless it's uh-huh. someone I know very well. And I'm like, unless, so like if it's my parents, they want to chat. If it's somebody, if it's my boyfriend, it, fine. We're probably trying to figure something out. And then if it's a friend, I'm like, is everything okay? <laughs> um, if it's a Sometimes friend, I cold call you to say hi. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's fine. That's great. Um, but when somebody does it out of the blue, like a text you can come back to, a call you can't. Yeah. I need to be in the exact right place to see it, to respond, to not be doing a bunch of things, whatever. I think this is very weird. I would absolutely decline it, especially with like spam calls are on the rise, people. I'm not going to answer. Right. Anyway. Weird. This is weird. I'm going to say 70 weird, 30 nah. You're real wrong again. God damn it. What is it? It's 47 weird, 53 nah. Shut up. I know. I That is mind-blowing. And it was – it tracked 50-50 more or less all day. Like I, I saw it pretty fast out of the gate. And I thought to myself, this can't be right. This will this will fix itself throughout the day. And it never did. It stayed more or less 50-50 throughout the entire day. I've never wanted to know what people have said as their reasoning more. So most of the people, just to start on your thought process, most people who said weird said exactly what you did. They said, I need to be more prepared for a call. A lot of people said, I don't pick up unknown numbers. And so if we haven't texted yet, like, Somebody texting me is is my prompt to save their number. A lot of people don't even save numbers. That's a whole other topic. They they wouldn't pick it up because they won't know who it is. Uh, all in that vein of things that, you know, like you said, I need – I can come back to a text message. I want to talk to you on my own time, not the time that you've selected. Yeah. All, all sorts of responses like that, as we would expect. The naw people are – in the camp that a call signifies more intent and and commitment to the situation. And I don't think they're wrong. Yeah, I I, I catch their point. I, I do. I still don't want it. Same. So maybe this again sort of toes that line that we talked about last week where I don't want this to happen, but I also am not sure if I think it's fully weird. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That it it does it, it does toe the line between our definition of weird and the Merriam-Webster definition of weird. Yeah. The thing that I think is fully fucking weird is if the minute I give you my number you're calling me. That's That would to me. be weird. Oh my god. So a couple times it's been on accident because um I don't think this is the case anymore, but it used to be in Bumble if you click the number it will call. Right, where it like links. Yeah, I don't think they I don't I think that that's not the case anymore. Yeah, I almost wonder if that's like an iPhone fix rather than a Bumble fix. That's true. Yeah, it was a terrible UX. Like I did it a couple times to people. I've also accidentally video called Bumble matches as we know. Like I'm not good with my thumbs. So like I get the accidental, but I have had people like immediately call me purposefully the moment I've sent the number. That to me is super weird. Yeah, I have a friend who blind FaceTimes me and I often will have to text her and be like, I just got, I am naked. I just got out of the shower. Like I can't do this. <laughs> That's why I actually really love Marco Polo, the, the video yes. chat app that you and I use. And my best friend Cindy is probably like crowing to herself as she's listening to this because when she first introduced me to it, it made me very anxious. I hated it. Oh, that's so interesting. I would not have guessed that. You're like all about it. I know. I, I really came around. I think it's because the notification that you get when somebody sends you a polo is like Rourke is talking to you. And I, I, it, when it happened in the middle of the workday when I couldn't watch it immediately, it just gave me anxiety that somebody was talking to me and I couldn't, I couldn't listen. Oh, oh. Allie, sweet Allie, it is so not urgent, whatever I have well, to say. I know now, <laughs> I get it now, but like it just felt, especially because the, my first intro to it was a group Marco with her and another friend of That's ours. And so That's a lot. They were talking to each other and I couldn't because I was in meetings and it just made me very anxious. And so I stopped, I deleted it and told her I was out. 
Um, and then I slowly inched my way back in and now I love it. Yeah. No, I love it a lot too. Yeah. So anywho, that was this week's weird or nah. I, I do like phone calls though. So I don't think that it's inherently weird. I just, I just want to know that that's what we're going to do. Yeah, totally. And I know you've talked about like calling your parents when you, um, would go on like walks, mm-hmm. um, like you used to call your dad on sort of those like interstitial kind of moments yeah. on the street. And um, that's like, for me, that's driving. Like in LA, there's so much driving that yep. I just, you know, it's very easy to call people. Yeah. So just give, just give a heads up. Just be like, you know, if you ask for, if you ask for someone's number on a dating app and they give it to you and you would like to call, you don't, it's not even like you have to schedule a time. You can just be like, great, I'll give you a call later to figure out dinner. Yes. I love the heads up as a move. Yes. And then it's not like we've scheduled a phone call. It doesn't have to be so like, oh my, I'll call you at 7.15. So I feel like we've <laughs> expounded at length on our on our feelings here. I think they're pretty clear. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to get to our fourth grab bag. We haven't done one in a while. I know. It's been a minute and I find them very fun. And so I'm like pumped. So fun. So I'll go first. I'll ask you a question. Okay. This is not a dating question, but I really like it. Oh, what's it do if you're the only one that makes plans in the new friend group? Oh, boy. This is obviously very relatable for both of us. Indeed. I'm a planner. And I have actually – so my friends are very grateful for it and are very aware that I do it. And I think that makes a big difference where I – it is often said in the group, like, we would not see each other all together as much as we do if it wasn't for Rourke. And that's very reassuring because then it tells me like people value it. They are grateful for the role that I provide. And I will say part of my, part my own sort of like self-work, I am trying to back off of it a little bit where, and just, and like, yeah, in the sense that like, you know, other people can take this role. I'm not the glue that holds this group together. And I'm trying to play more of, I guess, a supporting role. Mm. And so typically somebody will voice an idea like, let's do a group trip. And I'll say, amazing. Where to? I'll come up with the Airbnbs. I'll do this. I'll come up with the Costco list. Da, 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 da. And now, you know, for example, my friends that are the twins said they really want to host a party, but they want it to – or want to host – like we typically do a game night or whatever – And they said, you know, we want to host something, but have it be like a little bit more special. What would be a fun theme? And so I just have been brainstorming themes with them, but, but, and then saying, let me know what I can bring. And so I think, so I think sort of like trying to, instead of like, because part of that's on me, right? For kind of taking over in some circumstances. You're enabling them in, in a lot of cases. Yes. And so um, also luckily, a lot of these people who are non-planners have started dating people who are. Love so that. For, like Nikki's boyfriend on Friday planned this awesome movie night where he has outdoor space and a projector and hosted this whole – it was lovely. Um, so yeah, I would say like try to figure out how you can support instead of take over. And I don't mean take over. That sounds negative because I, I do think it's a positive thing to plan. But – just see where you can aid instead of be the like chief. Yeah. I like that idea. Alrighty. Somebody is moving to NYC soon. Welcome. Yeah. Um, and they are wondering thoughts on dating after moving to a new state. I think so. First of all, again, welcome to New York or, or soon to be welcome to New York. It is very magical. You will love it. Um, this is such a great opportunity because First of all, just the obvious, you have a massive new dating pool that you it's just brand new and that's so exciting. But the second piece is you have built-in conversations mm-hmm. about, you know, what's your favorite insert thing you like here in the city. You're brand yes. new. You have so much opportunity for people to show you around in the context of dates. And I think I just think that that's super exciting. Um, I will say that although that is that is great and that is a great opportunity, try not to lean on that entirely. In the sense that we talked about this with I don't even remember who it was now, but somebody that you dated. Oh, it was the guy that went on that like insanely long camping trip. Who was that? Oh yes, the newcomer. 
the newcomer. So he had recently moved to LA. Yeah. But was still very able to do his own research to find places that he wanted to go and then like bring you with him. So mm-hmm. try try to do that too. Um, I recommend The Infatuation. It's my favorite review website. Um, they have it for LA too, but it is Chef's Kiss in New York. It has never one time steered me wrong. So I recommend that. Nice. What do you think about the problem? This is not, this is just a follow up. This is not another submitted question. Yeah. Where somebody might move to a new state and meet somebody great, but then say, sort of take that as Logan Yuri puts it, the maximizer role of, I just moved yeah. here. I should meet more people. I think it's a balance. Mm-hmm. I, because I think, I think what you want to do is just be really in tune with what your tendencies are in that. Okay. So if That's you smart, yeah. think that you are a maximizer, in that sense. Try to know that about yourself. And as you're meeting new people, keep that in mind. Keep in mind that you tend to try to always look for the next best thing. On the other hand, if you're a satisficer, right? That's the That's not Logan's term. That's the but that is term. that is the yes, that is the opposite of or yeah. not the yeah, that is the complement to the yeah. maximizer. Yes. That's the econ term. I forget what Logan's term is. But like if you – and what that means is if you tend to find something that works and go with it and at, at potentially the detriment of other important things just because this thing is just kind of working, know that about yourself and that just because it might be comfortable to slide into something immediately doesn't mean that that's the right thing for you. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Oh, this is a little bit of a heavy one. He said he didn't love me and we broke up. No contact for a month, but how do I move on? Oh, this is hard. And I think that you and I have talked about doing a breakup series as a yeah, po- yeah as a podcast Definitely. thing. And so I think that we will cover this in a lot more detail. I mean, my heart goes out to you. I'm so sorry. I can't imagine what it would feel like to receive that type of feedback from somebody. I'm glad that after he said that, the result was a breakup, honestly. It sounds like that was the right decision. And um, I'm glad that he has given you the space. The no contact for a month actually sounds really healthy to me. And so I'm glad that you've had that time. I, I think that you know, moving on takes time. There's not a lot of context in this small text box as there isn't in Instagram questions. And so I'm not sure how long you were together, among other details. But I would say, you know, fill your fill your time with feel-good activities. We talked recently about having a person that you could text that isn't the person you used to date. Something that was always hard for me was like seeing something that this person would find funny or was an inside joke and wanting to share that with them. And having somebody that you can text that is your sort of like, I'm going to text you instead of texting him or her. Yeah. And so um, I think just try to fill your time as much as possible, lean on friends, potentially start therapy. That's when I, I, after, like after I'd had two serious, I'd wanted to start therapy after one serious relationship, never got around to it. And I regret that started it after a second breakup and that was super healthy. And so, yeah, that's kind of my two, my two cents. Yeah, I'm excited to get more into this when we do do a breakup series. Um, one thing that I like to say is that we don't need to move on. We need to move forward. Mm, well said. Because I think that a lot of times we think that we need to be totally over something and that's just not realistic. Very true. All right. One for you. I want to do this one. Okay. So this one I think is an interesting one just based on how we like to talk on here on Finding Mr. Hype. Uh-huh. What to say at the end of a first date to indicate you'd like to go out again, but without being vulnerable? Why don't we want to be vulnerable? Boom. My question exactly. How are we going to date if we're not vulnerable? Key question. You, uh, um, okay. Short answer, you can't. There is there is nothing that you could say that is going to be finding Mr. Hyde approved that is not going to be vulnerable. But that's good. Being vulnerable is good. Yep. Being vulnerable is strong. It's scary because True. the definition of vulnerable is well, I don't actually know the exact definition, but I think it's something like being open to harm. Mm-hmm. And so, when you say that you would like to go out again, you are opening yourself up to the possibility that that person won't, and that they now know that you do. Yeah, but is that so bad? 
No. You will survive. Also, in the context of the question, it's a first date. You will survive this you're gonna person. Make it. Yep. You're going to make it. And you're yep. going to make it even after the first date. But you're definitely going to make it after the first date. So, yes. I, so I would just say I, I had a great time. I'd like to do this again. Completely agreed. Well, now you're going to get the heavy one. Okay, fine. What to do about unequal feelings between a couple? One loves the other more. Should you break up? Okay. So short answer, we certainly can't tell you whether or not you should break up. No, we cannot. (laughs) Yeah. Please go Um, elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. We are not going to give you that level of prescriptive advice. That is way outside the purview of our abilities. And you don't – yeah, no. I'm not sure if this person is in this situation or sort of asking for a friend, but – I would explore what's going on for like, why do you know this or why do you feel this? And I'm definitely reading this through my own experience, which is this is what I had with the student. Yeah. And he really had me on a pedestal and was like, so like, he thought like I was like perfect and was like so crazy about that. And I, didn't see him that way. And I think he shouldn't have seen me that way. It it hurt our relationship for him to see me that way. Because then when I did anything that didn't align with that, he was devastated. Hmm. And so I obviously have no idea what's going on in their relationship. But this person needs to think about like, what is feeling unequal? What, how is that manifesting? And if it's manifesting in the detrimental way that it was in my relationship with the student, we broke up. So that was the right answer for us. But in theory, this is absolutely something that could be worked on depending on how it's manifesting in my opinion. But you just have to look at your own relationship. Yeah, I agree with you. I also think that there are ebbs and flows to this. That it, you are not going to be 100% on the same page at the exact place in your feelings with another person who's an entirely separate human every single day of your life. Yep. Exactly. And I think that like as you are together with somebody for a longer period of time, love can get more layered, which includes still loving them even when you might not like them some days or some moments. Yeah. And and so, you know, who knows like are you guys going through something right now? Is one person having a very hard time with something where like they're sort of pulling on like the love savings that have built up. And so like Mm -hmm. one person isn't feeling very loved because their, their store is depleting a little bit. Can you sort of refill that to rebalance once things normalize? We do not know, but yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was um, unfair. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay, Allie, I think we both have opinions on this. This person is curious about whether or not we have intentionally set out to omit sex talk from the pod. So the short answer is yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's funny. I've, I've actually – I'm surprised this is the first time we've gotten this question. I agree. Because I actually recently was going back into the Google Doc that we still use, but at the beginning of the Google Doc about our podcast and the episodes, we wrote a bunch of ideas of things that – topics we wanted to talk about, things we wanted to address, perspectives that we had. And we, it was almost like a conversation between the two of us. We were like writing in different colors. And one of the things that we talked about was how we didn't really want to get into sex talk on the pod. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yes, that is a, something that we intentionally did. I think from from my perspective, and I, I know you that agree with this because we talked about it, there's a lot of that in the dating podcast world. There are plenty of sex podcasts that are great that you can go listen to. Um and that I don't think is where we thought we could offer the most unique perspectives in this space. Yep. And that's not to say that that we will never touch on sex topics. I think at some point we probably will, maybe with a guest or maybe, you know. But I, I think for me especially, as I think about sharing my own dating life, even before this podcast, when I talk about the dates that I'm going on, I intentionally leave the physical part of those dates out. I don't even say if I kissed someone or not. Mm-hmm. And that's just a boundary that I have vis-a-vis sharing my dating life publicly. And yep. I think that that just translates to how we are here. Yeah. And 
the only things that I would like to add are none of this is to say that we think anything is like inherently taboo. No. Yeah. So like none of this is like sex negativity in any way. It's more that A, plenty of podcasts do this work and B, a lot of the podcasts that are doing this work are professional podcasters, whereas Allie and I are professional people that do a podcast. And so for us, I think it makes a lot of sense to not have that shared with the world. Yeah, I think I, that's a great point that I just kind of forgot about. Yeah, this is not our job. Yeah. Um, and even if it was, I might not feel that differently about my totally. own personal sharing. Um, but I, yeah, I also want to reiterate this is we are this is definitely a sex positive space. It is just not a space in which we talk about sex exclusively. Totally. Or even specifically. Yeah. Um okay. Rourke, how do you shake the fear, or this is the person asking, how do I shake the fear that this new guy I'm seeing will ghost me or not want to date me anymore? This is very relatable. I -hmm. feel this. I have absolutely felt before, like just waiting for the other shoe to drop or not having enough information yet about texting patterns to be able to decode whether or not this time gap meant something. So relatable. Honestly, in part, I don't know that, like, I've never felt like the classmate was going to ghost me. I feel extremely secure in this. And then even with people who ended up not ghosting me that I'm not in a relationship with, I have... I have felt sometimes that they were going to ghost me and they they didn't. So some of this is sitting with your own discomfort. Some of this is accepting that you might just feel this way. And this gets at your topic. This gets at what you were saying about tendencies. Mm -hmm. And so if you know that you sort of lean this way, this might just be something that you need to practice a little bit where – you text a friend or you listen to a happy song or like you distract yourself from this, you know, you distract yourself in some way. Um, and then hopefully you'll date somebody who makes you just like feel super secure all the time. Um, but it's all, it is also internal too. Like it's not all about the other person making you feel a certain way. Yeah. I think that was my first instinct is that, um, my first instinct answer is you don't, um, like in some cases, if this is an internalized anxiety of yours, you don't shake that fear. But what you do learn to do is deal with it. And like you said, maybe it's a a podcast or maybe it's a, you know, a song or a friend that you talk to, you learn coping strategies. Mm -hmm. But I think expecting yourself to be able to no longer feel that fear or anxiety might be a little bit too unrealistic for some people, myself included. Yeah. For sure. And I think that like I've tried to reframe – like for example, at this point, I feel like if the classmate ghosted me, I would be like angry. What like, a it shitty would, human. It, exactly. At this point, it's not a fear. It's like if that happens, I get to just shit on him. Like, <laughs> and like I don't think it's going to, to be clear. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So it's like I, I try to reframe it as like how can I not be afraid, but then just be like, that would be a crappy thing. And I, you know, I don't have to be afraid of it. And I can just envision kind of not accepting it. Yeah. And I think there can be a tipping point here where the early, early stages of dating, I think we get back to that investment level conversation that we had earlier during the update section, where if, if this guy, if the Aussie ghosts me after we've been on one date, that's shitty, but like whatever. He we went on yeah. one date. I don't care. I don't know that person. After you're at a point where you might be more invested, perhaps in like the classmate, he's your boyfriend. Um, then I think once you're at that point, I think you're at a point where if you are feeling this anxiety, you can talk to the person about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, say this this is not reflective of anything that you're doing actively. This is reflective of my own sort of internalized anxiety, and I would love your help in kind of coping with this. And here, here are some ways that you can help me. And maybe part of that is like what you said with the texting. Like perhaps 
long stretches of somebody who doesn't respond to you activates that for you and you can talk to the person about it. Yeah, I think that's super smart. And I know that you've shared this positive story about the oyster, that he was able to support you sometimes when you shared that, Yes. hey, will you let me know that we're good? And he said, yes, yeah, I believe good. I believe that's the one positive thing I've said about him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like, this one time. <laughs> I, think it's not, I think that's the one thing. <sighs> okay. Allie, we just talked about how we don't <laughs> cover sex on the podcast. And yet here we go. Um, and to be clear, this is different, I think, than how we answered the question. And yes. um, this is the shows that we're not like afraid of sex as a concept as it affects dating. So this Instagram follower wonders, how does sex affect dating, whether casual dating or trying to intentionally date? This is so contextual. Mm-hmm. I think it really matters how you perceive sex and how sex affects you in the relationships or the dating scenarios that you have. Because there are some people that can more easily divorce sex from longer, you know, deeper seated emotions and see it as just something fun that they like, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. I'm very jealous of those people. I am not one of those people. And I know that about myself. So for me, I, I I know this. And so for me, the way that sex affects dating is that I know that somebody that I sleep with is somebody to whom I'm going to attach emotions. Mm-hmm. And I I make intentional decisions about sex because of that. Yeah. And so if you're if you're just casually dating and you and you can sort of separate those two things and be casual about it. Awesome. If you're looking to intentionally date and eventually find a partner, but you can also have casual sex and be cool with that with other people, also great. But yeah. know these things about yourself because for me, I am in neither of those camps. I am in a camp where I really prefer to keep sex as part of a monogamous dating situation, some not mm-hmm. necessarily a relationship, but like an exclusive situation just because that is best for my own mental health. Yes. Yeah. I think the, know thyself is the answer here. Yes. For oh, Holy fucking shit. A bird just flew so hard into the window. Oh God. Oh my God. It I looked like okay. you were being attacked. <laughs> it was so loud, Allie. Oh God. Oh my God. Okay. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> Oh, not to put you on a spot in your new relationship, but uh, there's a question that really applies. Setting boundaries in a new relationship, such as time spent with each other, and what to do if they push back. This is a great question. I mean, I think we've said it before. Healthy relationships are ones where you can initiate boundaries and they are respected. And so absolutely, if you want – if you need this to be done – then it should be done. I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of boundary setting that can take place non-explicitly. For example, I it is very important to me to still maintain individual time with my friends that don't include the classmate. Yeah. As much as I want him to attend game nights or like whatever other like movie nights, whatever, whatever group events we're doing. I still do my one-on-one walks with Matt. I still do my like TV nights with the girls where we watch Real Housewives. I still like, there's plenty of stuff I still do that doesn't include him. And it's not that he's unwelcome exactly, but you know, if we break up, I want to be able to return to those relationships with no animosity about me always bringing a plus one. <laughs> yes. And yeah. And so I think that like behavior is communication and therefore I'm communicating to him by letting him know that I do X with this person, kind of deal with it um, yeah. and, and not put that way, but like just letting him know like, oh, like I'm doing this on Monday night. How's your Tuesday? And say like, that's when I'm free. And right. that is telling him that's my boundary about time. If he was to push, he has not pushed back on such things. We both, like he actually said something very cute the other night where he was like, this doesn't make sense. Where he was like, I want to be with you all the time, but also be independent. And I was like, that's actually really cute. I totally get yeah, that. That is yeah. really cute. That's very relatable. 
Yeah. And um, so, like, you know, when we, like, go a few – it's, like, I, I I miss him when we're, like, when we don't hang out for a few days in a row. And then it's, like, really fun when we come back together. But anyway, I think if he was to push back, that's when you have to be a little bit more explicit about kind of why you're making the choice. So yeah. I haven't had to explain it's really important to me to maintain these relationships um, like one-on-one and give my girls girl time and like things like that. And so I think then if you explain why it's important to you and they still can't see that, that is now something that you need to consider about them. Yeah. feels controlling. Exactly. That then, and I don't want to get too much into it, but that is pretty much what happened with the student who said to me about my very co-ed friend group, just so you know, when we get to a certain place in our relationship, it's not going to be cool for you to hang out with them without me. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Anyway, so um, I think try to tacitly set them when the pushback comes. Explain why it's important to you to do the things that you're doing or to have that boundary. And if they can't listen, big red flag. Yeah, agreed. All right. Last one to you, Allie. Ooh, I get to wrap up? You do. You do. This is the big finale. Drum roll. God. What to do when you flip-flop between wanting a relationship and wanting to be single? I mean, this is a lot like what the classmate said to you, right? About like, yeah. I want to be with you all the time, but I also want to be independent. Like, yeah. yeah. I This happens to me where I I do want a relationship. I absolutely want a partner. I also really value the life that I've built, really value my independence, really value being able to do whatever the fuck I want, whatever I want within legal bounds. <laughs> and you're really pushing them, Allie, that you live a wild really, life. Oh, yeah, yeah, wild, a wild lifestyle over here. Uh, my friends are chuckling to themselves. Um, I'm such a rule follower. It's ridiculous. But Totally same. I I actually was saying to a friend the other day, not to not to um, stall on the answer to this question, but I was saying to my friend when we were in DC, I I am a rule follower to an extent when I think that the rule makes sense. I am not averse to breaking a rule, but I do not want to be caught. Uh, I am. Who ex- does? But some people don't care because they don't think the rule matters or they don't think the rule makes sense. I'll give you an example. Oh, got it. Okay. My friend and I rented ki- – I am so far afield, but whatever. My friend and I rented kayaks to kayak on the Potomac together. And we realized as we were out there that we totally fucked up and should have brought alcohol with us. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up making friends with these people who were out on a boat, really nice group of people, and they shared their seltzers with us. Great. And yeah, it was wonderful. And so then we stayed there for a little bit and then we were kayaking back and we had seltzers with us, like one a piece. And I said to her as we were kayaking back, I said, I, I'm i not confident about this, but I'm 90% sure we're not supposed to have these. I am I would bet money on the fact that the waiver we signed says that we won't be drinking. Probably. Probably. Like if I were a kayak place, I would make damn sure that the people that were renting the kayaks on the water, we're not drinking. Like that's a liability. Mm-hmm. So I'm like pretty sure that we've signed something that says that we won't be drinking and now we are. And she was like, whatever, what are they going to do about it? And she just like kind of put it in her life jacket. You could so totally see it, this empty yeah. can. I put mine into the orifice of the kayak. Nice. Which in my friend was like, that is way fucking worse. You just littered. <laughs> I'm like, well, I didn't really litter. It's in the kayak. Like, they'll, it's not going into the river. They'll find it. But, like, I, because my issue was not breaking the rule, but being caught breaking the rule. Yeah. This is wild. Yeah. So, anyway, (laughs) back to the question. Yes. What was the question? Flip flopping between wanting a relationship and wanting to be single. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, So, I, I, I feel that. I really do. I, I think that's okay. My my overarching advice for this person is that is okay. Don't beat yourself up about that. You don't have to be 100% gung-ho about either thing all the time. And, yes. And that's that's fine. I think the biggest thing is that you are checking in with yourself about it, especially as you're starting to date somebody. Does this feel like too much of an imposition on 
the life that I've built? Or does it feel like this person is augmenting the life that I've built and I am happy to sacrifice some level of independence because let's be honest, you are going to sacrifice some level of independence by being in a relationship Mm -hmm. on some level. Yep. Am I happy to do that because this person is, is augmenting my life and making me happy or am I resentful of that? Because either this person isn't really working for me or because really what I want is to be on my own right now. Excellent questions to ask yourself. Yes. And also, don't put empty alcohol cans into the bottom of kayaks. I just want to say that I understand that that was not the right thing to do. An incredible PSA to end the pot on. (laughs) Thank you. Good night. Oh, my God. Um, And – with that, all we ask is that you join the search party on Patreon. Oh, yeah, thank you. I got very bad at very bad at self promotion. <laughs> yes, fine. please join our Patreon, the search party, patreon.com slash finding Mr. Height. We are Hope still on it. our yeah, we're still on our Bachelor in Paradise recaps and we will start branching soon. We're gonna um soon at like shortly give the Patreon members their own sort of like quick access line for questions. Yeah. And so if you don't want to rely on the Instagram questions and like hope yours gets answered, you can up your odds significantly by joining Patreon. At and this point with the numbers, we probably it's 100% right now. If somebody yes, asks 100%. us a question on the Patreon, we will fucking answer it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and yeah, tell a friend, share the pod and have a great week. Bye. Bye.